Hey Aggie fans, welcome to episode number 33 of Behind the Bull Podcast. I'm Jackson Curtis, your host today, and we welcome guest Jalen Moore on the show. As you know, he is a big name in Aggie basketball. We talk about his high school recruiting experience and growing up here in the Valley. We also discuss his time on the team in next level basketball, here on Behind the Bull. Uh, well, I'm Jackson, man. Nice to meet you. I'm hosting uh, Behind the Bull, so welcome to the show. Awesome. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Of course, man. I've uh, talked to a lot of athletes, and so I enjoy uh, kind of meeting new people and kind of seeing their story. So our kind of big thing is kind of dive into how you got to Aggie basketball, life after, but just kind of talking about interesting stuff more than just, you know, the normal, like what happened after this game kind of thing. So I'm excited. So your dad played at USU. Um, you grew up in Logan. Um, kind of tell me about your upbringing because uh, you kind of were around Utah State for a lot of your life. Yeah, I mean, I, ever since I was like a little kid, you know, uh, me and my brother always wanted to play at Utah State. Being from the Valley, you know, and knowing that Coach Stu was there and, and being able to go to the games and seeing the crowd and stuff like that. And obviously just loving the game of basketball, you know, that's what we wanted to do. That's where we wanted to play. Um so, I mean, ever since we were little kids, we had Utah State gear on, um, just all the way growing up, uh, going going to high school and everything, you know, it was, it was, went out to Skyview High School, and and uh, at the time, there was only three high schools, you know, in the, in the Valley, is us, Logan, and Mountain Crest, you know, so uh, we always had good rivalry games and stuff like that growing up, and and uh, Grayson, obviously, two years older than me, uh, when he when he was done with high school, he had to go a different route to get to Utah State, you know, going through JUCO and, and uh, different things like that. Uh, but, you know, after about my, my sophomore year, I went up to a team camp up at U- Utah State with Skyview. And uh, during that camp in the summer, I just ended up playing really well. I feel like I had, like, grown as a basketball player, gotten stronger, gotten more mature and stuff like that. And uh, so... I had a really good showing, and, and after the camp, you know, Coach Stu was like, hey, I want to meet with you and your parents and the, and the other coaches, and uh, we got something to tell you. And I'm like, okay, sounds good, you know. So uh, I go in there to their office, and, and Coach Stu's like, hey, I hadn't played varsity yet, which is the crazy thing. So I, I didn't play varsity wow. until my junior year. So I only played varsity two years at Skyview. And this was before I had even played varsity, and, and Coach Stu's like, hey, we want to offer you a scholarship to come play at Utah State. And I'm like, Okay, well, you know, I'm I'm like 15 at the time, so I'm like, let me let me think on it because I don't know what I want to do yet. I don't know what other teams are going to offer me stuff like that because I I just barely felt like I was getting into like peak form of just now getting recruited, you know. And so after about a week talking to my my family and stuff like that, I was like, hey, you know, I want to go play at Utah State. So I ended up verbally committing there because I couldn't sign yet, and so. That's kind of how that story came about. And then I, my junior and senior year, I just ended up playing really well at Skyview. And, and I knew I was going to go to Utah State. And so then from then on, I just I went to Utah State. And it was like a dream come true for me because that's that's what I always wanted to do. And then, like I said, my brother was able to come back after going a different route. And we were able to play together for a year at Utah State. So it was really cool and a, a cool experience for my parents too. That's awesome. Do you feel like since you got that um, offer from Stu Morrill that they just – added more pressure to you when you're playing in high school you're like I gotta perform I gotta perform how do you feel like that kind of helped you yeah my junior year I felt like it was like that a little bit um just because everybody now knows hey you know he's verbally committed to Utah State and there's a little bit of pressure to be to be to showcase that you are like a division one player you know at that age 
so uh, there was a little pressure my junior year, but then my senior year when I um, kind of calmed down a, a little bit and just played the game, uh, it, it was more fun. And, it, I, and I didn't have the stress of having to figure out where I'm going to go, what I'm going to do. Um, I was just able to play basketball, and then, you know, we were able to win a state championship my my senior year, which was awesome as well. And so I felt like all that, knowing what I was already going to do after high school, benefited me in the long run because I didn't have to necessarily worry about what trying to get recruited, where I wanted to go. I just already knew what I was going to do, and I was able to just focus on basketball. And then right after high school, I was able to just, you know, drive up the street, which was nice, and, and go start my college career. Um, you hit a shot against Bountiful. That went on Sports Center, the uh, the half court heave, pretty much. Um, what was that like? Did people kind of reach out to you when that play went down, or being on Sports Center would be kind of sick? Yeah, the crazy thing is, people still talk to me about it today. You know, and the crazier thing is that it was against Sam Merrill. You know, he was on Bountiful at the time, so that made it even crazier because we knew we were going to be playing at least a year at Utah State together. So that's why that game was kind of so intense why the crowd was so crazy too because they knew like hey there's two future Aggies about to be playing each other and then for the game to end up that way I thought it was pretty pretty intense but honestly I tell people I'm like it was lucky you know <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just threw it up there you know I was like hey if we if we miss we go into another overtime if we if I make it we win you know and so I threw it up there and, and it went in and it was crazy and and after that game yeah I got a ton of you know a ton of followers ton of comments it was cool though, because it was always a dream come true to also be on Sports Center for something, and uh, for it to be like a half court shot. And uh, I'm like, okay, I might be number one on Sports Center, you know. And then come to find out, I'm number two because some guy made like a full court shot to win their game. And I'm like, all right, I guess tonight was just a crazy night for for game winner. So it was a cool experience for sure. For Utah State, your first year, what was it like playing under Stu Morrill? Yeah, it was it was awesome. So like I said, my brother went to JUCO and then went to NNU. Yeah. Then came to Utah State, and then I was lucky enough to just go like straight from Skyview to Utah State, and uh, I thought it was awesome. I always wanted to play for Stu, and I knew he had winning programs and stuff. You know, just growing up watching like J.C. Carroll, Ty Wesley, Brian Green, Gary Wilkinson, watching good Jared Quell, watching different guys like that, and just seeing all these guys how they win and they play hard. Um, I'm like, hey, I want to play somewhere where you know you're going to win. You know, the coach is going to push you. And the very first game was it was crazy, you know. Um, being a freshman, I was a true freshman. I didn't redshirt. Um, they asked me not to redshirt, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go, you know. And at, at the first of the season, I started coming off the bench, uh, being the backup foreman, and, and it was crazy because I remember we were playing USC and Mississippi State and different teams like this, and the crowd was awesome. And uh, towards towards the middle of the season, um, the guy that was in front of me ended up getting hurt, and I ended up starting a couple games as a freshman, and. And I think that's kind of just what helped me flourish and helped me notice, like, hey, I can play at this level and be successful and uh, and ha end up having a good career. And it, and I noticed it was like, hey, this is hard work if you want to be good. But it was it was all fun. But the first experience was crazy, just being able to be on the court with my knowing that my friends and family were watching. But then just being in front of that crazy student section, it's like it's something that like you dream of as being a, a kid, you know, growing up, you want to play in front of a crowd and for a coach like that. Yeah, especially, you know, Stu Moore's legendary, but the herd is just, it's so loud. I don't know if you saw that video by ESPN. You're in it. I think it's the, it's the We Miss Sports video. It's the We Believe chant. You and your team are on the court and the herd is going nuts. It's just crazy to think that, you know, we have the one of the best, if not the best student section in the country. Yeah, and it is crazy because, I mean, when I tell people, like, I played at Utah State and they're like, 
some people have never heard of it, you know, and uh, where's, where's Logan, Utah, and I got to try to describe, like, explain to them where it is north of Salt Lake, because that's the only place they know in Utah, you know, so uh, for us to have a student section like that is pretty awesome, and, and the thing I really like about it is that they're so close to the court, you know, so it's like, it's really, it's really cool, because the crowd is right there, and at a lot of other places you go to, there's some space between the court and the crowd, so it's not as intense, but at, at, the, at the spectrum, the crowd's right on top of you, and they let the other team hear it, and then and if you're having a good game and stuff, they love it, you know. And the cheers and the chants that they have are awesome. So it's been it was an awesome experience to be able to play there. And so your junior year, um, you you go to Utah State, you're still there. You pass it with a thousand points on the all-time points list, which I think is super cool. You're number ten all-time points, which I think people do forget. Um, you scored in double figures three times. Top rebounder, you're killing it. But also that year, your junior year was the first year that Coach Durier was the head coach. Uh, what was that like, you know, seeing Stu's legacy just leave and then Duryea takes the reins? Was that kind of tough, or do you feel like the transition was pretty good for the players and everything? Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough in the aspect that it's like you you lose, like, this legendary coach, you know, that you went there to play for and stuff. But my sophomore year, I could kind of tell, like, it seemed like he was kind of getting burnt out a little bit. Um, he, he had a long career, you know, and, and the travel gets to you. Um, and I think he just kind of was – ready to be done and I know he felt bad about it because he knew like guys like me that he actually talked to himself and stuff that we went there to play for him you know so I think he really felt bad about that kind of stuff but other than that you know um coach Durie being the guy that was already there his top assistant that made the transition fairly easy because he already knew the players and and none of the coaches he didn't really have to get that many new coaches just a few here and there uh, but for the most part, we knew the coaches that we were going to be dealing with, and then we were, comf- we were comfortable and, and knew Coach Durier. Uh, so that made the transition easier than if you were to just go clean slate and get a new coach and not really know what to expect. Um, but, yeah, so that, that made the transition easier, and uh, that's what that's what you kind of want as a player. Um, but also, you know, you see Coach Smith step in here, and he also made that transition really easily too. So I think the coaches that Utah State's had recently have all been – you know, a good choice from them. So it's been been a good good thing to see now watching it, and then it was fun to play for those coaches. No, I agree. I think um, as Aggie basketball has kind of progressed, you see how the coaches kind of take the reins. It's tough, but overall I feel like the transition has been good for all of them. Um, so let's say kind of going back to this year, Aggie basketball played great, you know, won the Mountain West. Sam Merrill, you know, played great out of his mind. He kind of developed – into a top player, you know, over the years. You saw him when he first started at Utah State. Um, I was kind of thinking, what would you say, let's say your senior year, Sam's senior year, let's say Kata was still on the team, and let's say Shane Rector was on the team. Um, how good do you guys think you would have been, you know, if all you guys were in your prime at Utah State? Yeah, I mean, we would have been super good. I mean, there's no, like, there's no question about it. You know, if you really look at it and you have, me and Sam in your prime, you got Keita, you got Bean doing what he does. Like you said, Shane playing well. Um, you got, if you if you take a guy like David Flett that never left, you know, and you and you have a team like that, you got my brother, you got Lou Evans that could, that did good things for us. You know, you even look at guys like Chris Smith and them that we had when, when I was playing, we would, honestly, we'd be like just an unstoppable team. We'd have all the things that you needed um, to be one of the best teams like, in the country really if you if you which is crazy to say but the pieces that we had at utah state we've had a lot of good good players come through here you know and a lot of guys that can do a lot of good things 
Um, and it's just been fun. Like I said, it was just a fun experience to play that. And then when you're done, it's it's fun to be able to see guys like Sam and, and Nimi and Justin Bean and, and guys that go out there and play hard and, and do a good thing for Utah State basketball. You know, it's just been awesome to see. Oh, yeah, I definitely – I was thinking about it. I was just like, wow, they easily could have been top five, top ten in the country the whole year with, like you said, how hard you guys work. It would just been a really cool, cool thing to see. Um, but let's kind of talk, take a step away from basketball for a little bit. I'm a lot on the podcast, like to know athletes, what they do, um, outside of basketball, you've been around it your whole life. What are some of your hobbies, you know, outside the sport of basketball? Yeah, which is crazy because I, like you said, I'm always, I'm always doing something basketball related, you know, whether it's playing it, you know, watching it, teaching it, I'm doing something basketball related usually, but outside of that, you know, I like to just hang out with friends and family. You know, board games are a fun thing. I play some video games here and there. You know, my brother lives in Arizona, so I go down there and I'll visit him. Uh, that's always a fun time, too. And uh, I play video games just obviously because it's a way for me and him to be able to talk to, you know, makes it simpler that way. Uh, I like to cook. You know, I still work out and stuff like that. So those are pretty much the main hobbies that I do. And and uh, whenever my parents need help with stuff, you know, I'll help them with some yard work here and there. And and uh so it's just a lot of good things that i do that way and then obviously out that's pretty much what i do outside of basketball but, the, but most of the time i'm doing basketball something basketball related is because just because i love it you know so but outside of basketball those are the, those are the main things that you would find me doing that's awesome what's the go-to uh board game for the family you guys usually play or usually pick usually playing sorry honestly you know? okay yeah it's usually me grace and mom and dad you know four people and it gets pretty competitive because me and my we none of us like to lose, you know. So that's pretty much that's usually you know Uno's gets thrown in there occasionally, but usually we usually are going to play games where there's some some type of competition, there's some type of winner, you know, because that's just how our family is. We want to compete and we want to win, so that's I think it makes it more intense and a little bit more fun that way. So I kind of I really respect you, Jay. Then I was reading more of your story. Um, the Players Tribune had an article yeah. like the the toughest call of my life. Um, Obviously, big decision. Um, kind of talks about you know why you decided to not go into the NBA, although you had an opportunity. You had a great college career. It was awesome watching you play. I guess for those that haven't read it, can you kind of explain what that was like? I mean, obviously that was it was a long stretch, but that last few years of college and you know about to go into the NBA, what was that kind of like for you, and how did you kind of overcome that? Yeah, so I had always been at the time. I'd always had like anxiety and just but when I was younger or when my first what even when I was in college I didn't really know what it was because I was kind of looking at it like you know I not I don't have that you know what I'm saying like I used to see myself like on the side of the buses on billboards and stuff and I'm like uh, you know I just get nervous when I fly or I'm not comfortable or and I never really accepted what it truly was and uh I think if I would have known about it earlier than when I did find out about it if that makes sense I feel like I would have been able to do something about it sooner, you know, before it was too late. Uh, because the thing about like, you know, anxiety and depression, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't talk about it. They hold it in. Um, and then it gets to the point where it gets super, super, it gets to be a lot, you know? And then when it becomes a lot, there's nothing really you can do besides just breaking down. It makes it hard. You got to find stuff to do. You got to now you really are in trouble because now you're in too deep and you got to find a way to get back out, you know? And I think that's kind of what happened to me. Uh, just, I didn't really share my feelings with people, what was going on. And it, I really started feeling it even my freshman year at college. Um, and I just, from then on for those four years that I was in college, I really was never 
telling people about my feelings, not even my friends or family, and I would just kind of hold it in. Uh, and then once I went through uh, college, you know, I get done with college and I'm, and I'm doing a lot of these NBA workouts and it, I feel it start just creeping up on me a lot. But I'm also at the same time, you know, still telling myself like, hey, it's nothing. You know, it's just you not thinking it's something serious, you know. Um, and as I keep pushing it back and back farther and farther, it just keeps getting harder and harder. And uh, each time it pops back up, it gets harder to make it go away, you know. So um, by the time I was signed with the Bucks, I went to summer league with them, and I actually ended up having a good summer league, had a good experience. It was fun. Um, but at the same time, every time I was not playing basketball, it was just felt like I was just in this just a weird funk, kind of like this dark place, and I just didn't feel like myself, you know. And uh, it got to the point where I was done with summer league, and I came home, and that's when I was like, okay, well, I came home and I still feel the same, you know, and I'm around my family, around my friends, around people who care about me, and I'm still feeling not the same. I still feel out of it. I don't feel like myself and stuff like that. And that's when I'm new. I'm like, okay, this is like a serious problem that I should maybe, you know, obviously the first thing you don't, the first thing you do is Google and they always tell you like, hey, don't, you know, don't Google it because Google's always kind of extreme. But I'm like, I mean, maybe if I put in like what I'm feeling symptom for symptom, it can it can pop something up that'll be able to help me, you know. And uh, that's what I did. And it popped up and it was like anxiety, you know. And I went down and I read it and it, everything word for word that it was ha- was popping in there, that was me, you know, straight on. And I had a friend that had the same thing going on. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call him, kind of pick at his brain and see. And I'm like, oh, we're feeling exactly the same. So now I knew what it was. And by this time, I was telling my parents, I'm like, hey you know, this is, this is kind of what it is. And whenever I go out and I'm playing basketball, I feel good. But right as I step off the court, it's like, it uh, all just comes back to me, you know? And I'm like, and that's, I don't like that feeling, you know, I don't feel like myself. Um, I feel like I need to stay here and uh, talk to you guys and find help and, and figure out what I can do to go to try to feel back normal. You know, like I did freshman, sophomore year, junior year until it started getting a little bit more intense, you know? And so they were like really supportive. Obviously my whole family was sad about it because I had like, my dream was like right there on the table. And, um, so it was, it was a hard situation, but also at the same time, I'm like, you know, I would rather feel like myself than making some money and playing ball and not feeling, feeling out of, you know, feeling like you're not yourself, which is, it's a hard thing to explain to people that have never felt it, but people that like know what I'm talking about, it's a, it's a different feeling, you know? And it's not a fun feeling, obviously. And so, like, that's why I was like, okay, I'm going to do something about this. And so that's kind of what happened. And then, obviously, I started getting help, started going to therapy and stuff like that. And uh, just being around my friends and family, I think that helped me, too, being able to work on it. And then once, like you said, I wrote that story. And uh, when they first reached out to me, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do a story on it. You know, because I don't know if I want everybody to know what's going on because I just wasn't ready to face that. But at the same time, I was like, when I was playing ball with the Bucks, I was I was really good. I was playing good, and I don't want people to think like, yeah, he's just not good enough. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna do this story um, because it, you know, if I do this story, it might help five, ten people uh, realize like that an athlete can feel the same way as a regular person, as because that's kind of how they, you know, that's how how they categorize athletes. They're on a pedestal everything's good in their life, you know, 
nothing happens to them as like a regular person. So I was like, okay, if I do this, maybe there'll be like this little thing where regular people can feel that athletes feel the same way as them, you know? And, um, so I ended up doing this story and it just, it blew up. You know, I had, I thought five people might change their life. And I had thousands of people reaching out to me from all over the world, you know, from China, Europe, people like trying to message me and couldn't even speak English and stuff. And I'm like, you know, taking it, putting it in Google translate so I can know what they're saying. And it's just so many people that from high school that I had never talked to that told me how it helped their story. People I haven't talked to in five, 10 years, tell me how it helped them and uh, how they go through the same thing and, and how cool it was for me to be able to like speak out about it publicly. And so, you know, I look back on it that way and I'm like, okay, that's a, I'm glad that I did that story because I felt like it helped a lot of people. And if I, if I wasn't going to be playing basketball, you know, I want to still do something where I can help some people. And so that, that's kind of like what happened and where I'm at now, obviously, like, like I was saying, I feel good. Uh, there's still days where you feel it, but now that I know what it is and I've got ways to kind of cope with it and, and know what to do compared to when I didn't, it makes it a lot easier. And now that I know that I'm like, Oh, there's a lot of other people that feel the same way as me. That makes it all so easier. And, and now I just, I tell people how I feel, you know, and I think that's a hard thing that a lot of people deal with. They don't want to tell people about their feelings and they hold it inside. And I think that's where people mess up, you know? And so now whenever I feel like crap, I feel anxiety and feel anxious. I'm telling my friend, I'm telling my parents, my brother, and they're always, now they're really understanding about it. And at the time I thought they wouldn't be. So that's kind of like what I like to tell people is like, Hey, don't be afraid to talk about it or tell people about it because you'll be surprised how many people feel the same way or, or have someone in their family that feels the same way and they know how to deal with it and help you out. And so that's just kind of, it was a, obviously a crazy experience for me, but I'm, I'm also glad that I stepped away from it to make myself better and to, you know, in the long run, I ended up helping a lot of people, maybe even more people that I would touch in my life if I were to be playing, you know, so that's kind of look at it positively that way. But, but also there's still those points where you miss basketball just because I love it. So it's been a, it's been up and down, but obviously I'm content and happy with where I'm at right now. Yeah, Thanks for sharing. I think your story definitely has touched, you know, thousands along the way. And kind of like you said, people don't like to share and talk about that stuff because it's like too personal, but you doing that kind of opened up new doors, I guess, for you to help others in a different way, more than just basketball, which I think is awesome. Um, but yeah. Um, so since then you've kind of started next level basketball with your dad and your brother and everything. Tell us a little bit about that process, how it all came together and how's that going for you guys? Yeah. So when I, so when I first stopped playing, it was back in, in August and uh, I took about a month or two off trying to figure out like, okay, like I'm not playing basketball. What am I going to do now? You know? And uh, <clears throat> at the time my brother still lived here and I was like, Hey, and we were him there talking and we're like, what if we kind of just start teaching basketball and teaching people what we know and, and the kids around the Valley. Cause like what we were taught, what we were talking about, I'm like, I feel like there's a lot of kids in this Valley that are really good at basketball and have the pieces um, but they just need someone to help them put it all together, you know? And I feel like, cause me and Grayson were here, Grayson, uh, obviously, like I said, had to go a different route, but I'm like, Hey, if we would have had someone that could show us some things that they learned outside of our dad, you know, um, maybe it would be different because I feel like there's a lot of hidden talent here that kind of gets overlooked in the Valley. 
I think there's a lot of good players that a lot of people don't want to take chances on. And so we're like, hey, what if we take those young kids, kids in high school, and we try to develop them and help them get to the, their goal of playing college basketball at any level, you know? And he's like, yeah, that'd be cool. So we first started it out um, about that November of 2017 because this, this coming November will be three years that we've done it. So we've been doing it about two and a half years now. And uh, we're like, hey, let's just see what happens. And, you know, it started off really slow. And we're like a month or two in. We're like, all right, this might not work. And uh, but we were like, you know what? Let's just keep grinding it out, see what happens, see if we can pick up some more kids. And uh, he ended up getting a really good job down in Arizona. So he left that summer. And luckily at that same time, my dad retired. And so I was like, hey, dad, I need I need some help with this company if you want to come help me with some some basketball stuff still. And he's like, yeah, I'd love to. And uh, ever since then, we just haven't really looked back. It's just been growing since then. And, uh, you know, what we do is just my dad played at Utah State, played professionally for 11 years and coached for five, you know. And then I played at, at Skyview, won a state championship, went to Utah State, had a great career, signed with the Bucks and stuff. So, you know, so we look at it like, hey, you know, we got the experience, we got the drills, we got all the stuff that we can teach a kid that wants to, if as long as they want to come and work hard, we're, we're going to help them achieve their goals. And so, like, that's what we want to do. And uh, ever since then, we've had a lot of people that we've been helping, and they've, they've gone on, they're going on to play some college ball and stuff like that. And so it's been awesome. And we go from, like, six-year-olds, you know. <laughs> you got little six-year-olds in there all up to a couple college players, you know. So we, we teach everybody here uh, throughout the ages. And uh, it's just been awesome, and it's, it's been a lot of fun to see. What I love to see is, you know, you get a kid that loves the game, not that great at first, but they come in week after week, and they sit there, and they work hard. And, you know, you look six months down the line, and you see how good, how much better they've gotten, you know. And that's awesome to see kids come and work hard and get better because that's what that's what you want to see being a trainer, you know. And my, me and my dad love that aspect of it, and we just – we want to just be able to share our knowledge that we have with all the kids. So it's been a, it's been a great experience and been a lot of fun for us. That's awesome. What um, high school players have you guys worked with that are now going on to play D1 or other schools? Yeah, we've worked, we've worked with, uh, you know, Landon Brinchley that's going to go to Utah State. He played at Ridgeline. Uh, we worked with Kennedy Eskelson that plays at Green Canyon. She's going to Snow. We worked with Kinley Fallslift that's going to Utah State. Uh, Sam Phipps was, you know, a really good athlete. He's, he's still trying to figure out what he's going to do. For college, Mason Falsa was there with us. He's going to the U. Uh, we've had a, a lot of players here and there. We've had Tori Craner. She went to Logan back in the day a little bit, and she was up at Walla Walla Community College. So we've had uh, a lot of good players here and there. And then we're currently still working with a lot of a lot of kids that are in high school now that I think are going to have a have a good shot of hopefully having a chance to fulfill their dreams, you know, and be able to play college basketball at some at some level. So we've we've got some good things going on, and then like I said, we've got those those youngins of kids coming up that we hope that you know if their goal is to also play college basketball that we can help them out as well. That's awesome. You're slowly just developing that network. You're just going to get bigger and bigger. I think it's cool, especially nowadays, seeing like these skills trainers kind of just grow their business. Like it's all about you know connections, but once one person kind of develops into a star, that just spreads, and you just your whole business kind of grows. So I think it's a cool, it's a cool opportunity. Yeah. And I think, I think it's just important in basketball. Now I just feel like a lot of it is just so skill-based nowadays. You know, you see some of the best players in their ball handling and footwork and stuff like that. It's just always on point. And uh, a lot of them learn it from, from trainers that teach them stuff, you know? So 
I think it's just an, it's an important thing of of just basketball nowadays compared to how it how it used to be. You know, it used to be just post up, make a move. Now it's like you got to be a four or five that can shoot threes and put the ball on the floor and you know, a bunch of different things like that just because of how the game was changed. And, you know, Steph actually changed the game a lot like that. I think Steph Curry had a big part of the way he came into the league and the stuff he was doing. I think people were like, oh, shoot, you, he's about to change the game. And I think he did change it in a lot of different ways with his footwork and, and ball handling and shooting. And so I feel like the game's just, you know, you see five, you see centers nowadays shooting threes. So it's just it's just crazy how the game has changed. And I think it's just an important thing to, to get good at. No, it's totally true. The three-point um, game is completely revolutionized basketball. I mean, you just ask your dad or any of the players in the 90s, like they just – the three-point line wasn't huge. I mean, a lot of times it was, wasn't – like you said, it was just fundamental, bring it to the post, lay up, <laughs> pass yeah. the ball around. Um, but, yeah. But, yeah, thanks so much, Jalen, for uh, being on Behind the Bull. Really appreciate your time, man. Yeah, you guys – I, I appreciate you guys having me on here, so – it's been, it's been a fun experience, and I, I look forward to seeing what you guys can put out. And-